0: Hello, and welcome to The Future of Mobility, the KPMG podcast series for global mobility leaders. In this series, we offer short, insightful episodes you can listen to on your way to work or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. This series will look at some of the most pressing issues and opportunities facing global mobility departments in the modern business world through interviews with leaders in global mobility, human resources, tax, and other areas of business from KPMG and beyond. In today's episode, we talk to Dida Hadzic, Director, KPMG Mayberg in the Netherlands and Head of Quality, EMA Region for Global Mobility Services. Welcome, Dida.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Dida, so today we're going to talk about a topic that's important, but a little bit daunting to a lot of employees sending workers to work in an EU country, which, in light of the COVID-19 environment, I suspect is more difficult now. The EU Posted Workers' Directive. Perhaps you could start by describing exactly what that encompasses.
1: Of course. In the EU single market, companies are free to provide services across the EU borders. Indeed, you are correct. This is now made more difficult due to COVID-19. But we are seeing that the activity in the market is being resumed. And that's why companies should observe the EU Posted Worker Directive every eu country has their own rules for social protection of workers and the levels of salaries are different from country to country this can then lead to a situation that posted workers are paid less than local workers and that posted workers can have disadvantageous terms and conditions for their employment compared to the local workers in the same position. So in order to protect the posted workers and ensure fair competition, the EU countries have adopted a directive to protect the terms and conditions for employment of posted workers during their work abroad.
0: So in that context, who are posted workers?
1: Well, for the purposes of this directive, posted workers are those individuals who are employed in one EU member state and sent or posted by their employer to another EU member state to provide services for a limited period of time.
0: So we probably need another definition. What does provision of services mean in this context?
1: As I already mentioned, freedom to offer and provide cross-border services in the European Union is one of the pivotal elements of the EU single market. For example, if I'm sent by my employer to another EU country to, let's say, manage a project, to work in construction, operate machines, etc., then there would be no doubt that I'm providing services within the scope of this directive. However, in some situations, the scope of the term provision of services can be complex.
0: Dida, are business travellers in the scope of posted workers?
1: As a general rule of thumb, business travellers who exclusively attend meetings, conferences, trade fairs, and so forth, are not in the scope of these rules. On the other hand, if a business traveller, for example, goes to work on specific projects, then this will likely be a posted worker. I would point out here that each member state implements the rules for posting of workers according to their own national legislation. So it's important to understand the scope of posted workers through each country's legislation, as there are some countries that might extend the rules for posted workers to some who might be considered business travellers today.
0: OK, so that's who's affected. Now, what's the impact of the posted worker directive?
1: In the current directive, posted workers must meet certain labour law requirements in the host country. A posted worker's wage must be paid at least minimum wage of the host country so that he or she isn't underpaid in comparison to local workers. Requirements for maximum working time and minimal resting time apply accordingly to the rules in the host country. The same goes for the rules on annual leave, health and safety, and anti-discrimination regulations. But all other labor law requirements during a posting will apply according to the rules in the home country.
0: You mentioned in the current directive. Are there changes in the works?
1: Yes. A revised directive has been set forth and must be adopted into each EU member state's national laws by 30th of July 2020. The current requirements will continue to apply in the new and revised directive on posting of workers, but with some significant changes. First of all, under the revised directive, postings will be limited to 12 months though it will be possible to extend a posting by an additional six months. Under the current directive, a posting has no time limit. Also, under the revised directive, a posted worker must be remunerated according to the rules in the host state, whereas, as I mentioned before, under the current directive, posted workers must simply be paid the minimum wage of the host country. An example of the effect of this change would be Let's say a Christmas bonus is guaranteed to workers in the host country, then that bonus should be paid to posted workers as well. And finally, under the revised directive, the rules of the host country will apply for accommodations and to allowances or reimbursement of expenses during the posting.
0: Dida, how has the current environment of COVID-19 impacted this?
1: The countries are going ahead with transposing of this directive in their respective national legislation. So, if you're thinking about delays in the implementation, there don't seem to be any. Nor are delays necessary when we talk about the protection of posted workers. Companies have to take the requirements for employment law into consideration, anyways. So, you can say this is an update of already existing rules. COVID 19 has brought about restrictions as to how we protect health and safety in a workplace, which will lead to more inspections and likely more scrutiny when people enter the labour market from abroad.
0: So you mentioned the directive applies to posted workers for 12 or possibly 18 months. What happens after that? Do do they go home?
1: Oh no, but longer postings will fall entirely under the labour law of the host country.
0: Many businesses may be concerned about the obligation to register posted workers. Where does that fit in?
1: Well, all 27 EU member states have a registration system for employers to notify the local authorities about the posted workers. This registration requirement will continue with the implementation of the revised posted worker directive. The concern you're sensing probably comes from the fact that a lack of compliance with the labour law requirements and or registration obligation can result in significant financial fines as well as reputational damage because this legislation is linked to social dumping of posted workers. Although there is no unified definition for it, the term social dumping is most frequently used to describe practices where employers prefer cheaper labour force from abroad rather than employing local workers. And, of course, the new time limit on postings introduces a new urgency to tracking assignments so that workers on longer assignments don't fall afoul of local labour regulations.
0: And, Dida, what is the risk associated with non-compliance?
1: As each EU member state is responsible for the enforcement of these rules themselves, how much the authorities focus on inspections and other initiatives that govern compliance varies from country to country. However, this may change because now there is a European Labour Authority that will support local enforcement of the law. Countries may also conduct joint inspections and reviews of compliance. And this may result in broadening the focus from compliance with the directive to quality of information. That is, how does the paperwork correspond to actual circumstances? I will also mention that now, due to the general COVID-19-related restrictions that impact how we work with each other, some countries have already announced that more inspections on working places will be conducted to ensure health and safety. So, all in all, more inspections are to be expected across the board.
0: If we stay on the path of COVID-19 for a moment, how should companies act if they have registered posted workers before COVID-19 hit and were afterwards forced to send them back to their home country or change their place of work, for example, working for an accommodation of some kind in the host country?
1: On a general note, countries have shown leniency to measures implemented by companies in order to protect health and safety of their workers during COVID-19. If the workers who have left the host country and went home come back to the host country, I would recommend to check the original registration and make a new one if necessary. The workers who have stayed in the host country on the other hand, but work temporarily from another location, companies should consider if a change of the registration is necessary depending on the outlook of the workers returning to the originally intended working location. So in conclusion, check your registrations make corrections or submit entirely new registration when you're ready to resume work.
0: So, so Dida, there's 27 countries, 27 sets of rules and 27 different registration systems. How should non-EU companies approach compliance?
1: Well, this is both easy and difficult to reply. The EU directive does not put requirements on non-EU employers. So, contrary to employers in the EU, non-EU employers cannot just post workers to an EU country without work and residence permits. In this process, there is a set of requirements that needs to be met, for example, in respect to salary. However, the majority of the EU countries seem to believe that the registration obligation also applies to non-EU employers. So, these employers should make themselves familiar if the registration obligation applies to them.
0: Okay, Dida, but if a non-EU company is also an EU employer via its affiliates, what should they do?
1: EU employers should review their contracts and revise their policies for posted workers in order to make sure that the terms and conditions for employment in the host country are met. They should also pay attention to the registration obligation because the registration obligation is often required before posted worker arrives in the host country. So, in conclusion, they must act as any other EU employer.
0: Dida, there's a line of thinking that says the revised directive may result in an increase in pay for posted workers. What would you say to this statement?
1: Well, in my personal opinion, there will be a change for those posted workers who are paid minimum wage in the host country because the revised directive gives them access to all other parts of remuneration that are guaranteed to local workers. However, when we are dealing with, let's say, executives and professionals, posted workers are generally paid more than a minimum wage, so the revised directive is unlikely to have any significant effect for them. Though, in principle, an employer could lower a person's base wage to balance out any extra compensation items required under the revised directive. In any event, the new remuneration requirements may add to the complexity of everyday management of posted workers because of differences in remuneration requirements in each country for specific groups of employees, specific industries and so forth. But I question whether the overall effect of the revised directive would be an increase in pay for
0: posted workers. Dada, there's a lot to consider here. Any closing thoughts?
1: Posting of workers is a sensitive topic in Europe, and regardless of what economic effects may result from it, it's extremely important to comply with these rules. The primary objective of the directive is to protect posted workers and create more fairness in the EU single market. That's why non-compliance leads to both financial sanctions and significant reputational damage. It's clear by now that managing the posted worker directive is a complex task and revised directive is not simplifying anything in in this context. It varies from country to country, from how the scope is identified to what requirements are presented for the registration of posted workers. In KPMG, we are working with technology-driven solutions that support assessment and compliance with the directive. We use different technological solutions tailored to the businesses, whether it be for the employment law requirements or registration obligation or both.
0: Thanks, Dida. Now we know who to reach out to when a posted worker question comes up.
1: Yes, anyone can connect with me via LinkedIn if they have questions or feel free to reach out to any KPMG global mobility professional in the EU home or host country for the worker.
0: Thanks, Dida. That's great. And thanks for your time today. Please let us know what you think of this episode. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please email us at tax at kpmg.com. And remember, you can find our latest publications, articles and other material that address the issues discussed in this ongoing podcast series at kpmg.com forward slash future of mobility. Thanks for listening.